Hello, and thank you for listening to this CD from River of Life Church. If you enjoy this disc, we want to encourage you to share it with a family member or friend. Also, visit River of Life this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. For service times and directions, visit riveroflifefl.com. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join special guest Reed Uberman as he teaches from the Word of God. I love our, I love our praise and worship team and orchestra. I just wish they would get excited. Hey, I have a a very special invitation uh, for all of you, and you'll be hearing about this for the next few weeks, but on June the 5th, beginning at sundown on June the 5th uh, through Wednesday after the service, so June the 5th is a Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, 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 the 6th is a Wednesday after the service, then we're going to break the fast, but we're going to go into a church-wide fast beginning the evening of June the 5th, and then it will conclude immediately after the worship service on Wednesday. So all that day we're going to be fasting, and I'm calling upon you as your pastor uh, to join us in a one-day fast that closes out with prayer here at this altar. Now, I know some of you uh, are not able to be here on a regular basis on Wednesday night, and that's okay. We're not legalistic around this church, but if there's any way possible... You can be a part of this fast and that prayer time on that particular Wednesday night. We want you to join us. We want to fill this house up. Um, The Bible makes it very, very clear that there are some spirits, some evil spirits that cannot be driven out apart from praying and fasting. There are some healings. There are some miracles. uh, There are some signs and wonders that we will never see unless our faith is increased through the process of subduing the flesh and prayer and fasting. So you'll hear more about this, but I I want you to just make plans for that day to pray and fast with us. Well, today we're blessed to have one of our very own back with us. Uh, Reed Uberman uh, was a teenager in this church, and he uh, uh, got saved in this church and got baptized in this church. Where's Chuck Coburn? Wave at me wherever you are, Chuck. Chuck Coburn baptized him about 17 years ago. And uh, uh, he, got, he was called into the ministry in this church. Uh, after he left us, he met his beautiful wife, Erica. And she's with us here at the front. And they have two beautiful boys, Elias and Jude. Uh, and I guess Elias is in children's uh, church and Jude is in the nursery. And so, uh, but God has called this young man into the ministry. He has been serving the Lord for the past 17 years. He has preached a number of times in this pulpit. You are in for a very special treat. Uh, Reed, would you join me here? Uh, Let me say a quick word of prayer, and then I'll turn this over to you. Father, thank you for this young man of God. Thank you for calling him, saving him, calling him. Thank you for the beautiful family you've given him. And thank you, Lord, that he uh, is a minister of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, give us ears to hear the message that you've laid upon his heart. And may this be a fruitful day here at River of Life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. So good to be here with you this morning. Um, 
thank you, worship team, for, um, for your consideration. But now I've got the mic, so now I can do whatever I want to. So what I'm going to do before we jump into anything else is would somebody stand to their feet and give God praise? Come on. Is the Spirit of God in this house or not? And if he is, does he not deserve honor and glory and praise? Come on. Just, you don't have to have the music. Just sit your own worship service right where you are. Give him honor. If he set you free, if chains have been broken, you've got a lot to praise him for. Come on, keep it going, keep it going. Because when I first came to this house, I saw people worshiping and it set me free. You may not just be worshiping for yourself. You may be worshiping for somebody else this morning. Thank you, Lord. All right, you crazy people, sit down. Because I know we could keep this going a long time, but... It is so good to be back home. And when I say home, I don't mean just the place where I got saved. I mean a place where the presence of God is, the place where the Spirit is moving. You guys got a, you got a special thing going on here at River of Life, I'll just tell you. Uh, and, and can we, before we get too calm, can, can we just give it up for your pastor? Is he not one of the greatest pastors on the planet? I mean that, thank you. That's, that's what he deserves. I, I got saved at this church and then sent out into ministry. Uh, it was back in 2001, so it was in the old building back in Sob Choppy before we had ever moved here. Um, God radically changed my life. William Strickland and a young whippersnapper named Tim Carey was praying for me as God was just dealing with my heart and wrecking me. And I remember seeing Jennifer, now Jennifer Carey, uh, worshiping the Lord as I stepped in through the church. And I thought to myself, boy, I've never seen anybody worship God like that. It's almost like they can see God. Um, and, and, it, and it struck my heart, and that morning I, I gave my life to Christ, and my life was forever changed. Um, and as I got sent out into ministry, and, and as seeds were planted in my heart, and I went to go and multiply and do something with what God has given me, your pastor said something to me. I'm going to let you in on a little side, uh, a side uh, advice that he gave me. He said, when you leave here, I don't know if you remember this or not, he said, when you leave here, don't go back and try to find another river of life. And let me tell you why he said that. I think he was doing two things, maybe. At least I know he was doing the first one. He was trying to say, don't, don't let your expectation and your experience just be relegated to one place because God's so much bigger than, than river of life. Now, isn't it, doesn't it take a man of God to say something like that? But then maybe, too, he was also saying, because he knew how special this place was, and I hope you do, too, that not all places are like this. And, and after preaching many, many years and going to many, many places, nationally and internationally, I do have to tell you, river of life is a special place church. There is a presence of God here on this house, and God is blessing river of life. And you guys really, really are privileged to be a part of a place where there is a a, a manifestation of God's presence. Because I'll tell you, many people go to church on Sunday, and they never even experience God once. It's true. But God is here in this place, and he's doing some awesome things. Amen. Amen. This is a great place. It's such an honor to be able to come back and preach here. And I'll just say this real briefly because I'm just here to preach the, the gospel to you today and I'm here to encourage you and hopefully give you a word that'll, that'll help you. But, but I will say that um, um, one of the reasons that I am also here is that I just stepped away from a really um, good position at a church where I was serving at as, as an associate pastor. And uh, the reason we stepped away is because God has called Erica and I, my beautiful wife, raise your hand, baby, so they know who you are. Um, uh, and she's a trooper man because she not only has been by my side, but she has also been pioneering at times. 
what has happened in our family because when, when God spoke to us to start a church, and that's why we stepped away from our last position, um, I said, babe, I think God has called me to be a head pastor, and I know you're going to think I'm crazy, and I know this is something I've told you that I would never, ever do uh, just because I've seen people like Pastor Henry and what they have to put up with. Anyway, um, <laughs> and, uh, and I know I've told you that, babe, and this is what she said to me. This is a woman of God. She said, well, it's about time you started listening to God. Um, so God had already spoken to her as he very often, it's very frustrating to be this preacher that you want, you want people to respect you and love what you have to say when you get behind a microphone, your wife hears from God more than you do. So, so she had heard from God. And so we, um, uh, very soon are going to be planting and really already have started the, the, the groundwork of meeting people in the city, um, winning people talking to people about Jesus and letting people know what's going on. But we are going to be starting a church in the city of Cincinnati, Ohio, a place that desperately needs a touch from the Lord and a place that is over half of the population, almost a million people, uh, have claimed zero religious affiliation whatsoever. And only 7% of the population of almost 2 million people, um, uh, they, they, they are not actively engaged in a church. Only 7% are. So we're going to a place that desperately needs needs a work of the Lord, and, we, and we're going to see God do some, some amazing things. So we're stepping out, and we're starting a church. If you want to stay up with any of the latest of what's going on with us, you can follow us on Instagram, at Bridge Church Cincy, and that's going to have all the latest information, but enough about all that. I'm so thankful for what God is doing here and for the message that he's placed upon my heart. I believe that the Lord is going to equip some people today. Amen? There may be some of you right now who are going through a struggle. And, and you need to hear this. There, there may be some of you who will not find this sermon incredibly uh, uh, new, and it might be something that you're familiar with, but, but let it serve as a reminder to you. And then there's some of you here today who will find what I have to say as groundbreaking for your life. But whatever the case, I truly believe that, uh, that where, where, whenever or wherever you are, that this message is going to serve as quivers in your bow so that you can fight against the enemy no matter where you may find yourself and whatever God has called you to do. I believe that today you will be equipped more to be able to fight the enemy after we are done. Amen? That you're going to be able to make progress. You're going to be able to go forward. You're going to be able to do more than what you thought you were able to do before just because of this word. Not because of me preaching it, but just because of this word. Amen? So if you are taking notes today, the message I'm going to preach to you is called grit. Grit. I like that word grit because it gives this, this illustration in my head about somebody who's just clenched their teeth and they're, and they're ready to move forward. Grit. I also like it just because it's a cool word. Right? So uh, ultimately grit is just simply the perseverance or the diligence to move forward when things are difficult. Right? So, so I believe that God wants us to have a little bit of grit. Amen? As we jump into this message, if you are writing notes, I want you to write this down. Because grit is just a fancy word of saying perseverance. But here's, here's what God spoke to me and what started this, this message. Perseverance precedes breakthrough. If you're writing notes, you want to write that down. Perseverance precedes breakthrough. Because before you will ever see great breakthrough in your life, you will need perseverance. Now, I know God will do some things just spontaneously. God is God, and he is sovereign, and he can just do things because he's God. But a lot of times, God will move because you move. Amen? A lot of times, God will move because you are willing to move. So perseverance will precede many of the breakthroughs that you experience in this life. 
So before we go any further, let's pray and just ask for God's blessing upon this message. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Father, we just thank you so much, God, that you are allowing us to be here today. And that through this message, God, perhaps great things can happen. People's lives can be changed. People will be equipped for ministry. That, Father, the body will be built up and strengthened to do the work that you've called us to do. So, Lord, we give you thanks and honor for the opportunity to minister your word, to hear it and receive it, and then put it into practice. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You guys can go ahead and turn in your Bibles if you've got one. We've got a Bible in the sky here for you as well. Or maybe, you know, so we are in a new generation, I can say turn on your Bibles. Turn on your Bibles if you'd like to. We're going to Luke chapter 8. But as you're turning there, I just I want, you to, I want you to think about this with me. When I think about grit, this is the image that pops up in my head. I see a man who's running. Running a race. Maybe running by himself, just running down the street. Or maybe somebody who's in a competition. But I think about a runner who's ready to quit, but refuses to because the finish will get closer and closer if he keeps on going. I think about a person who's committed himself to a goal. They've said, I want to be better, so I'll keep on going. I, I think about a runner who knows that the pain that he's presently experiencing is nowhere near worth comparing to the satisfaction of finishing well. I think about a runner who tells himself, don't quit now in this small thing, because who knows? If when something big comes along, you'll quit then too. That's what I think about when I think about grit. I think about the perseverance to push through no matter what is happening in your life. And man, I just got to tell you this this morning. Some of you are in need of perseverance. Is that all right to say? I know you don't know me, but I just know me, right? I, I'm in need of perseverance from time to time. One of the hardest things I've ever done in this world is try to plant a church. And I'm in need of perseverance to push through. Maybe you're in need of perseverance because God's called you to be a leader. Maybe God's called you to be an entrepreneur, a businessman, or somebody that's been called to do something that nobody else has ever done. Maybe it's as simple as go to college and nobody else in your family has gone to college before. God's called you to, to blaze a trail or to be a pioneer. And I got to tell you, if God's calling you to do this, you're going to push through some bushes, some debris, some thorns, and some briars along the way. But you need to keep on pressing through. Now, the people behind you, they'll say, oh, this path is really cool. This is really nice. This is fun. This is exciting. They will never know what it was like to push through the debris, right? But if you don't do it, the path will never be there. And somebody's got to persevere so that they can push through and make a path where other people need it. Now, some of you need to persevere because you are so close to victory, but you're ready to quit. I don't know what you're dealing with this morning, but, but, but perhaps you're just a moment away from breakthrough. You're just a moment away from victory. And if you just keep on pushing, you'll receive it. But if you stop, you'll never see it. And then I'll just go ahead and step on some toes. It's all right, Pastor Henry. Don't grab this mic too quick. Um, some of you are in need of perseverance because you're sitting back on the sideline looking for victory. And you'll never get victory if you don't step onto the field. Some of you are in need of perseverance because you're waiting for God to do something that God is asking you to do. Listen, as I've gone to churches all over the country, I hear people give some of the most disappointing prayer requests. Let me put it to you in way of an illustration. I'm just being sincere with you this morning. There are people, churches full of people, who either online or in person say, Pastor, would you, would you pray for me? I'm just believing God. And this is the illustration here. 
I'm just believing God for this table, and I'm claiming this table by faith. And, and I just want this table. God, I want God to bring me this table. And, and, and I'm just believing God for it. Would you help me pray about this thing? Now, the problem is this, is that God does not make tables. God makes trees. You make tables. But they're asking God to make tables when you make tables. See, God's never going to answer that prayer because God is expecting you to do it. Now, hear my heart. I know that God, he is God and he can do whatever he wants to do. But very often, God is going to do what he wants to do through you. And so you're in need of perseverance because a little slumber, a little folding of the hands, and well, you know what happens to you. So God is asking you to get up, to believe him, to trust him, and to step forward into your destiny. Because God wants you, through perseverance, to see things that you would never have been able to imagine that you would be able to do. Amen? Amen. That's what perseverance is good at. It pushes you beyond the limitations of yourself so that you can see that that your limitations are not God's limitations. Your limitations are not God's limitations, amen? He's not limited by how weary you are. He's not limited by what's been going on in your life. He's not wearied by the, the, the resistance that you face from the enemy. And you may even be thinking to yourself, why am I facing such resistance right now? And all I can tell you is this, is God is equipping you for the future because God could stop anything that he wants to stop. Satan is not taking over God's kingdom. Just look at the story of Job. God, God allows certain things to take place in our life, and I believe it's for our good. And so if we persevere and we push through, we'll see God's glory at the end of this thing. Now let me share this story with you so you'll know that I'm not just trying to hype you up and make you happy today. And I'm not just trying to tell you things that sound good, but this is the scripture. And so Luke 8, starting in verse 43 and verse 48, it says this. Verse 43 and verse 48. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind Jesus and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. And when they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. In other words, there's a ton of people touching you, Jesus. And but Jesus said, no, someone touched me. I know the power has come out of me. And then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet in the presence of all the people. And she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. And then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. So you guys are familiar with the story of the the woman with the issue of blood. And so I want to share with you three things really quickly that you need to push through in order to get to Jesus. Amen? And the first thing is this, is that you are going to need to learn to push through pain if you are ever going to see what God wants to do in your life. Come on, let me give you this by way of an illustration. So there was this man, and he was learning how to fly. And the first thing that he did was he got into a glider. He figured, you know, this is a good kind of initial step to learn how to fly. And, uh, and as he was flying, the instructor that was behind him, he said, yeah, did you feel that? And he said, no, no I, didn't, I didn't really feel anything. And he said, keep going. Um, you, you'll feel it in a second. So kept on going, and then finally felt a little shudder in the, in the glider. And he, he jerked away immediately from it. And he's like, oh, my gosh, what was that? And the instructor said, whoa, 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 no, no. That's, that's what I'm asking you about. So you felt that shudder? And he said, yeah, what was that? And he said, well, actually, it, it's, a, it's a thermal air pocket that comes from the ground and, 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 and it pushes up into, into the sky. You know, he rises. So, so it's, it's, it's air that's being pushed up. And he said, so when that happens again, the next time, this is what I want you to do. 
Instead of turning away from it, I want you to, I want you to turn into it. And he said, okay. And so they kept on going. A little bit of the time passed by, and he felt that shudder again in the glider. And then instead of turning away from it, this time he turned into it. And it, and it. and it caused him, as he turned into that thermal air pocket, to be pushed high into the sky. And as he was being pushed into the sky, he saw an eagle right beside him, just gliding in that same thermal air pocket that he was, that he was in, and, and saw him just soaring. And it hit him right there in that moment, that this is what God is talking about in Isaiah when he talks about um, about waiting upon the Lord for you to mount up with wings as, as eagles. You know, that eagle wasn't going, oh my God, I got to try to figure out how to get this thing going. I really got to try how to get a, uh, try to figure out how to, how to get some air on this thing. No, he was just, he was taking what was being thrown at him and he was using it to get to where he needed to be. Come on, somebody. If you are ever going to get to where God wants you to be, you're going to have to take the bumps. You're going to have to take the bruises and you're going to have to use those as ammunition. To get to where God wants you to be. Come on, I have a friend who's a, who's a pastor and he's gotten accustomed to disappointing things and, and hardships and, and trials and tribulations in his life to the point. Now, I'm not there yet, but he literally is like this, where he gets excited every time he experiences a setback because he knows that God has got him positioned for a setup. Can somebody praise God? Whatever pain you're experiencing, you push through it. Whatever's going on right now in your life, you push through it. You know, this is why so many, and I just want to hit this briefly, but this is why so many marriages end in divorce. They, they have a contract mentality. I will, I will be with my spouse as long as everything, you do this, and I'll do this, and as long as that's going on, then we're good. It's a contract mentality. But how many of you know that marriage is a covenant? Marriage is not, if you do this, then I will, then I will love you. Covenant is this, is that I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. That's, that's what we need. We, there's a covenant-keeping God who has promised in his word to keep his end of the bargain, and we got to do the same. But so often we're like, God, why are you allowing this? God, why did you let this happen? God, I don't know. You know, the, how does this fit into the whole picture of things? And believe me, I'm there with you. And, I, and we wonder, we leave a, sometimes God's presence scratching our head, wondering how this could add up to where God wants us to be. But can I tell you, pain is a part of the process of making you what God wants you to be. And your present suffering is not worth comparing to the, to the great surpassing weight of glory that God wants to reveal in each and every one of his children. So the next time you, you experience some pain, why don't you lean into it? Why don't, you just, why don't you turn into it and be like, all right, God, I don't know what this is all about, but I know you're doing something. Don't let pain be the thing that stops you from what God wants to do in your life. And neither did this woman let it stop her. Nope. She knew if she was going to push through that, that crowd to see Jesus... This issue of blood, which, by the way, we don't necessarily know what it was, but she had a hemorrhage, and she was bleeding at the very moment that she was pushing through that crowd. And I'll talk about it in a minute. I think she was bleeding as a result of the crowd. But she started pushing through that crowd, and bumps and bruises and, 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 and pushes and, and, and different things uh, kept her from getting to Jesus. But she still, she still pushed through. She still pushed through. And that's what we got to do, too, if we're ever going to get to Jesus. The second thing is this, is that, now, hang with me here, because I'm going to say this, and some of you will be like, well, I don't know. <laughs> um, if you're ever going to get to Jesus, you've got to push through people. You're going to have to push through people. Listen to me. Yeah, you're going to hear, like, the, 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 the bruises and the wounds of a pastor. People are like, oh, there's a pastor just talking about everything he's experienced. But I, you've probably done it, too. You've been in church long enough, and you've realized that sometimes you've got to look past people and praise God. 
Come on, somebody. Somebody just got that in their spirit. Hallelujah. You know what I'm saying? You're going to have to realize that, that people are going to disappoint you. People are going to hurt you. They're, they're, those things are going to happen. Sometimes the people you care about the most and sometimes the people you trust the most, they're going to they're disappoint you and they're going to hurt you. They're going to turn their back on you. I mean, look at Judas for crying out loud. No servant is greater than their master. Now, if he selected that guy, trust me, it's going to happen to you. So there's going to be people sometimes that, that get in the pathway of Jesus. And when I say push through people, I'm not trying to give you the impression. Here's where the, the rub is. I, I'm not trying to give you the impression that people don't matter. Or that God doesn't want you to bless people, even those who hurt you, and even those who disappoint you, because he does. Obviously, that's scripture. But what I mean is you're going to have to push through the difficulties that people cause sometimes if you're going to get to Jesus. I'm sick and tired of hearing, I would go to church if it weren't for Christians. Come on, man. Well, you need to experience Jesus. Yeah, I mean, we don't say that about Walmart, right? The greeter didn't greet me very well. I mean, I've been grunted at by a Walmart greeter before. Hey, how are you? Guess what? I still go to Walmart. Right? We're going to have to get this idea that, it, that people cannot be a stumbling block to us getting to Jesus, but that if we get to Jesus, God will give us an appreciation and a lot for people. So let me just say this to you real quick. One of the most powerful things, and I hope you hear this. If you're taking notes, take this. One of the most powerful weapons in you, that you have is love. It is. 1 Corinthians 13 says this. Yeah, I can have everything. I can do all sorts of outreaches even. I can have the most power of any other man of God on the planet. I can have any, I can have the biggest ministry. I can have more people in your church than you do. But if you don't have love, you are nothing but a noise. You're nothing but hot air. And listen, Satan knows that if he cannot take your salvation and push you away from God, if he cannot keep you from getting saved, the one thing he's going to attack is your love for other people. Because if he can attack your love for other people, he will take away your effectiveness. Because he knows that that is the most effective tool you have in your belt. Nobody knows how to handle when, you, when that person hates you and you love them in return. The devil has no answer for that. It's one of the most powerful things that you got. But the devil wants you to be so disappointed, so disenfranchised, that you go around a whole lot. And I get it, believe me, you go around a whole lot. And when you say it, you mean it differently than it's supposed to be meant. Well, I love them, but I sure don't like them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I get that, I do. I'm just telling you, you're not going to be friends with everybody. But I, but I will say this, but, but be careful what you mean when you say that, Okay. Be careful, because that's just like, I hope they die, but I got to love them because Jesus said I do. If they're bleeding on the side of the road, I'm walking on the other side. God bless them. I'll pray for you. And that's, that's not the heart of God. That's not the heart of God. Now, understand, you're, you're not going to be friends with everybody. But, but, but watch your love. Protect, protect your love, especially for other people. And, and, and push through the disappointment that people bring your way and the people who, who, who may cause strife and unnecessary chaos in your life. Because it will happen. I've seen some nutty things in church. I don't have time to talk about it, but we could. I'll go cry on your shoulder at Myra Jean's after church if you want. All right. We got to move on. So, so the, the one thing I would say about all that is, is, is just make sure that you protect your love because Satan is after your love. And the, and the third thing is this, is that you're going to have to push through perception. Now, I love this one, and I'm going to try to hit this real quick, though. You're going to have to push through perception. Isn't this interesting that, 
that this woman touched Jesus in one of the greatest miracles um, in the Bible. This woman had been going to doctor after doctor after doctor after doctor after doctor and never been able to be healed. And the woman is on her last leg and she's going to die if she doesn't take care of this thing. So impending death, even leprosy, I mean, not necessarily impending death. Withered hand, not necessarily impending death. Even demonic possession, not necessarily impending death. But this woman is going to die if she doesn't get to Jesus. And, and it's interesting that nobody knew that she got to Jesus, right? I mean, even with withered hands, you got, boom, put that out there and boom, your hand's fine. You, you got the demons saying, don't torment me. And, and then demons coming out of that individual. No more seizures, no more none of that stuff. And you have all these very tangible things that you can see with your eye when Jesus heals people. Now, isn't it interesting here that nobody noticed a thing? Nobody saw a thing. So let me put it to you in millennial language. Some of you guys can pick up on this. It wasn't on Instagram. It didn't get six billion likes. It wasn't a viral video. It wasn't something that was on the front page news. Believe me, we live in a society today where anything that happens winds up on Fox or CNN or something else. It wasn't on any of that. In fact, Peter himself, the man of God, didn't even notice that anybody had touched Jesus out of the ordinary. But you cannot be hung up on appearances. And we do that in church, don't we? Why do you think there's so many disguises in church? Well, uh, because we get hung up on appearances. Listen, let me speak to you about it from my point of view, just kind of the world that I come from, and hopefully it'll make sense for your world as, as we kind of close out today. There's this big talk about the missional church and the attractional church. I don't know if you're familiar with those terms, but simply this, the, the attractional church is all about environment. It's all about what you're inviting people to, making sure you have the latest stuff and it's appealing to the world and, it's, and, and, and you make sure that when you come in that it's attractive to the unbeliever. Okay, that's the attractional church. The missional church is this, is that we're not as interested in that as much as we are in solid biblical programs. You know, we got to make sure that we have this Sunday school and that Sunday school and this thing going on and make sure the small group is this and, the, and all of this stuff. So, so one's interested in programs and one's interested in environments in order to be an effective church. And i got to be honest with you, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle. I believe both are important. I think both should be done. You know, you want your church to look nice. You want the latest stuff if it can be used. And you want to have good, strong programs and methodologies that, that lead people to Christ and to the scripture. I, th- I think both are important. But I also think that it's possible that you can be so focused on making your church attractional or making your church missional that you miss Jesus. Right? Right? Because we're so hung up on perception. We're so hung up on thing, how things look that we forget the most important thing, which is this. If the presence of God isn't in a missional church, and if the presence of God isn't in an attractional church, none of it matters. So we're going to have to push through perception, push through the trappings of this world, and push through all of the things that don't matter. You know, you have to do this in ministry. I don't know if any of you guys serve here and you've recognized this lately, but I guarantee you any of the, of the pastors that are here on staff, they recognize that it's possible to do a lot of good things and to miss God. And we have to remind ourselves, I have to remind myself, that it's about Jesus at the end of the day. I can have all the programs that I need, but the most attractional thing in the world is the presence of God. I can have all of the, uh, of the beautiful things that I need in church, and I can have the mission intact, but, but there's nothing more missional, and that reaches the heart of the lost, than the presence of God. So I would ask you, in wherever you're at presently this morning, with, with your pursuit for Jesus, have you remembered that getting to him is worth it all?
that even if you have to push through people, even if you have to push through the, the, the perception and the, the ideas of this world of, and what's important and the, and the pressure with kids and job and all of this stuff, have you pushed through that? You know, I, I know I have two babies. Can I just go ahead and minister to the people with young families here? Well, I can't serve in the church because I've got this and I've got soccer and I've got ba da 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 And you will run yourself ragged doing things that don't matter. You got to push through perception. And you gotta, you got to grab a hold of Jesus. You're going to have to push through the pain to get to Jesus. And you're going to have to sometimes push through the disappointment of people to get to Jesus. Would you stand to your feet with me? Last thing I want to share with you is just simply this. Scripture verse that I think is powerful in relation to this sermon this morning. Scripture, 2 Timothy 2.15 says this. Study to show thyself approved. A workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Some of you can come back because you're going to bristle up at this. You can come back and you can check it out yourself. Do you know what that word study means? It means literally to be diligent. So let's change it for just a minute here. Instead of study, be diligent to show yourself approved. A workman that needs not to be ashamed. So sometimes we get this impression, if you get the college degree, the seminary degree, you're studying the Bible like this, you've got your Strong's Concordance next to you, and you're making sure that you devour the Word of God, which is a good thing. You devour the Word of God, you're a workman that needs not to be ashamed because you know the Bible. When really that scripture verse says this, you know the way? Because I've found people that know the Bible who absolutely, I do not want to spend any time with. I'm just, that's extra for you. But the people who I love the most and the people who I admire the most and the people who I get the most, I'll be honest with you, it's not necessarily, even though I got a master's degree in theology and even though I believe in studying deeply the word of God, I would never say anything other than that's important. You know what's more important? Faithfulness. Be diligent to show yourself approved of God. Faithful in the things that God's called you to do. Pushing through when it's not convenient. When you're running at the last minute and you know you've got choir practice and you've got to get there on time and you don't even know, why am I doing this? Be diligent. Be diligent. Because I believe that the faithfulness of the present is going to be the push through for tomorrow. And can I tell you something? Last thing I will tell you is this. Is that sometimes God responds to just faith, generally. But can I tell you that God also responds to passion. God is looking for a person who will raise their voice and say, hey, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Oh, shut up, man. He he can't hear you. No, 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 no. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he's looking for that person who's going to say, I'll push through. I'll push through. I'll get through whatever's going on in my life because Jesus is more important than it all because I want him and I want him alone. And he is worth it. He's worthy. He's powerful. He's touched my life before, and I'm not going to stop until he does it again. So come on. He's looking for some people this morning who would say, even when Jesus calls you a dog, what? I just came to you to get, get healing, Jesus. Well, even, you know, I don't heal dogs. And, and the, he's looking for some people this morning that would say this, hey, even dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table because I'm not going to let any insult or anything that happens to me in my life keep me from getting to Jesus. He's more important than anything in this world. This church is going to go to the next level when they get that heart. And maybe you've already got it, that his presence, Jesus himself, is what we're after and nothing else will do. I want him and him alone. 
Come on, would you pray with me? Father, we love you. We thank you for your grace and your goodness. And we just trust that, Lord, no matter what is going on in our lives and no matter where we may find ourselves today, that, God, we can push through it all to endure to the end. Because he that endures to the end shall be saved. Lord, far too often we quit too soon. We give up too quickly. And we don't allow you the space to move in our life to really see what you're doing. So, Father, whether there's somebody who's struggling in their marriage today, or whether there's somebody who's ready to quit, or whether there's somebody who just wants to give up, or whether there's somebody who's empty inside and they need to push through the emptiness to see you, I pray that you would help us push this morning, to persevere this morning, God, and to see what you can do when we be not weary in well-doing. But in due season, we reap because we faint not. In Jesus' name. Pastor Henry, as you come, that's the last thing I want to say to you guys. This morning, God's looking for fruit. God's looking for fruit, and you'll never get it if you're weary and well-doing. But in due season, come on, somebody's due season is coming. Somebody's season is ahead, but you got to keep on going. Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.